We know about the power of Friday the 13th, but what mystical powers are wielded by the 13th Friday of the year? That is one way to describe March 26th, 2021, which is how the calendar describes this turn around the axis. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, for another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. This one is three segments on the pandemic. In today's show, highlights from Governor Ralph Northam's March 23rd press conference. The Blue Ridge Health District explains why they don't want you to travel to another one for a dose. And more information from the University of Virginia Health System. In today's subscriber-sponsored public service announcement, the Albemarle County Solid Waste Alternatives Committee, or SWAC, wants you to join the effort to clear up litter from the landscape as part of the Keep Virginia Beautiful initiative. SWAC wants you to put on some gloves, grab a bag, take a walk, and pick up items that other people have discarded. When you're done, they want you to tell them how much you picked up and where. Visit virginiabeautiful.org to help SWAC and other groups across the Commonwealth better address litter in our community. Today's show focuses solely on the pandemic and where we are as we continue through the 13th month of this experience. On Tuesday, Governor Ralph Northam announced the easing of some restrictions on human gatherings. I'm optimistic about our numbers here in Virginia. Today, the Virginia Department of Health reported 1,799 new cases of COVID-19, and the seven-day average for new cases is 1,411. The seven-day average for positive new tests is 5.6%, which is roughly where it's been for the last three weeks. In Virginia, 14.2% of the population is fully vaccinated. Northam and First Lady Pam Northam are among that number having received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine earlier this month. We were vaccinated a week ago Monday, and we're feeling great. It's exciting that our country now has three safe and effective vaccines, and, as you know, more may be coming. Northam said the federal government is increasing supply of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and more doses are on the way. On Tuesday, he said mass vaccination centers have entered into operation across the state, including one in Danville that we'll hear about later in the program. Northam touted their efficiency. If you've seen one of these mass clinics, you've probably been amazed at how well they're run. People guiding you where to park, where to check in, where to go next. The clinics I've seen and heard about have been well-oiled machines. And that is all due to the hard work of thousands of people determined to help their fellow Virginians get vaccinated as quickly as possible. Northam said Virginia is on track to open vaccinations to everybody by May 1st. And I'm confident that we will exceed it. When our country sets clear goals, we meet and exceed them. In fact, President Biden set a goal of 100 million shots in his first 100 days in office, and our country met that goal in 58 days. Northam said the numbers are positive enough to begin to ease restrictions, beginning with the number of people who can gather at events. Beginning on April 1st, changes will be made to the Forward Virginia Plan. Starting on April 1st, social gatherings may have up to 50 people indoors and 100 people outdoors. That includes weddings. 
entertainment venues will be able to operate at 30% of capacity up to 500 people indoors. Outdoor venues can have up to 30% but won't have a numeric cap. Northam used the example of the Richmond Flying Squirrels baseball team who play in a stadium that can hold up to 9,500 people. The new rules would allow attendance of just over 3,000 people. The rules for sporting events, though, are a little different. The number of spectators allowed for recreational sports will increase to 100 indoors and to 500 outdoors. Recreational sporting events indoors and outside will be limited to 30% of capacity. Northam said other measures are still in place, including the number of people who can gather, as well as requirements that face coverings be worn. Last week, leaders in Northern Virginia sent a letter to Northam asking why they weren't getting more vaccines, given that acceptance rates have not been as high in some areas of the Commonwealth. Dr. Danny Avula, the state's vaccine coordinator, explained the changes are being made. Uh, and this is something we certainly have been monitoring since, since the beginning of January. Uh, we primarily you know, started the allocation process based on uh, population and then made some tweaks here and there based on uh, you know, the number of people living in, in a community with, with, uh, who are 65 and over or with underlying conditions or uh, the concentration of black and Latino residents in different communities. Uh, and so we are now getting to a phase of the vaccination rollout where we are seeing demand start to wane. And, and I think that is happening more so in rural communities. We've seen uh, uptake slow down and th those communities are, are starting to move from 1B to 1C. Uh, and in response, we are and, and have been for the last couple of weeks kind of shifting allocation to places uh, that have more 1B demand. But what about people who do not plan to get the vaccine when their time comes? We realize that. Um, and I you know, continue to uh, encourage folks that uh, these are safe, they're effective, that we need as a community, as a society, uh, to get to about 70 to 75 percent uh, of individuals receiving the vaccine to reach that herd immunity. Northam said another challenge will be how to get children vaccinated, as they will need to be included in order to reach that goal. The clinical trials taking a look at um, um, the messenger RNA vaccines, um, the Pfizer and the COVID uh, Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines. Um, have been started in children. That's Dr. Kosti Safri, the director of hospital epidemiology, taking questions at a press briefing this morning. The um, clinical trial is going to be looking, um, in addition to this, this um, marker of immune response and antibody response, they're really going to be designed to take a look at safety questions. Yesterday, the Virginia Department of Health confirmed that two COVID variants that originated in California have been identified in the Commonwealth. Dr. Safri said the best ways to prevent them from spreading is to get vaccinated when the time comes and to also continue to follow all of the protocols. As I said earlier in this show, the percent positivity has been around 5.5% for the past several weeks. There's um, uh, a steady level of, of new COVID cases right now. Um, so we're no longer decreasing in most locations, and that's true um, here in Virginia as well. So. Um, I think it is accurate to describe it as a race between variants and vaccine. Um, I think the great news is that we have great vaccines and we're set to push those out um, rapidly. And what we're waiting for right now is just more supply. 
Now we wait to see if the number of new cases begins dropping again or whether we have a spring surge as large gatherings begin again. Dr. Reed Adams is UVA's chief medical officer. He said the reduced capacity at those large venues will allow for people to be spaced out. It doesn't um, get away from the fact that people need to continue to social distance, um, wash their hands, wear masks, and do all the things we've been doing for the past year. As spring does its thing, the beauty of blossoms cause many area residents to experience allergies, which share some of the same symptoms of COVID-19. Dr. Safri recommended that people get tested for COVID to be on the safe side. And I think it's important as you're starting to have those symptoms, whether, to, you know, to, to make sure that um, you uh, know exactly what's going on. So, you know, um, you know if um, you're having typical allergy um, symptoms and it is, um, you know, uh, the flowering tree that you're used to reacting to, then um, maybe it's a reasonable presumption that it is that, but it also does not hurt um, to also just be tested to make sure. Finally today, the Blue Ridge Health District held a press briefing on Thursday to explain why they do not want people who live here to travel to another health district to get vaccinated. But first, Dr. Denise Bonds gave a status update on vaccine availability. Remember, in February, the health district was only getting around 3,000 doses a week. The health department received 1,300 first doses of Moderna and 1,100 second doses. Additionally, we received 2,341 doses for Pfizer. Um, we have a little bit of Johnson & Johnson that is available to us um, for some vaccination uh, this week, but it's not a sustained amount. Dr. Bonds said it is likely increased allocations of vaccine will come in the form of the Johnson & Johnson version. Another change is that UVA Health is once again receiving doses directly from the Virginia Department of Health. And UVA at Seminole Square will have um, 2,510 first doses of Pfizer, uh, 1,172 um, 1, doses of Pfizer, and 1,110 Moderna second doses. Ryan McKay, the operations director for the district, asked people to register now, regardless of where they are in the queue. Why this is important, one, obviously we want to understand and know who wants to get vaccinated, but it's also important is, is because this helps determine allocation of vaccine to health districts across Virginia. And so that data that's pulled from the VDH or the state database helps inform the actual number of doses we may receive one from one week to the next. Earlier this week, a social media post prompted a wave of people who live here driving elsewhere as part of a phenomenon known as vaccine tourism. Catherine Goodman is the communications director for the Blue Ridge Health District. We've heard of a lot of different community members and students driving down to Danville to get their first dose of a vaccine. And we've also heard from folks who are requesting that they can get their second dose here in Charlottesville. However, the statewide system does not work that way. 
Given the limited vaccine supply, we are unable to provide second doses for individuals who are going to these larger vaccination center clinics. And that's because our vaccine supply for second doses relies on how many first doses are administered in our health district. So unfortunately, we're not able to provide those second doses and want to make sure people are aware of that. Goodman said she was aware many have claimed they went because they thought doses were not being used. She said the Virginia Department of Health is working to address allocation issues. If people continue going outside of the district to get an unscheduled appointment, that could affect the supply that comes to the Blue Ridge Health District. Here's Dr. Bonds again. If we have a large number of individuals that got their first dose elsewhere but come to us for their second dose, um, that's going to reduce the number of first doses that we'll have available. For more on this specific issue, take a look at a press release that was sent out on Wednesday. Near the end of the briefing, Goodman said she understood people's frustration. You know, the important piece behind this is that we want everybody to be vaccinated. It's just a matter of when everybody will be vaccinated, not if. If you want a vaccine, we will make sure you get one. It's just it has to take a little bit of time as it relies on our supply and the vaccine rollout for vaccinating those who are at the greatest risk for death and disease first. And to put that in perspective for today, 70% of cases in the Blue Ridge Health District have been in people under the age of 50. But 99% of the 200 fatalities have been in people over the age of 50. And that's it for another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, this one being a pandemic episode, which means it doubles up as an episode of the Charlottesville Quarantine Report. That explains this if you're hearing it in that feed as opposed to the Charlottesville Community Engagement feed. I know, it's kind of confusing. Just wait until I launch my tourism podcast, which will not be about vaccine tourism, I swear. Thank you for listening, and let's just conclude today with a Patreon-fueled shout-out from an anonymous contributor who is here once again to state clearly, we keep each other safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance. Just a programming note before we go, the next installment will cover recent meetings this week and uh, will not have anything to do with the pandemic except for the fact that everything has been affected by the pandemic. So in in case, this is all one big pandemic podcast, is it not? Uh, thanks for listening. See you soon.